today's episode is brought to you by From Within Records. It's the month of March, so you know Hardcore Pride Weekend is right around the corner. If you have not grabbed your tickets yet, please head over to the link in the From Within Records bio and grab one before it's too late. Tickets will come down March 20th. I hope to see all of you there. It's going to be an amazing weekend, ton of awesome bands. I'm looking forward to the flea market. Hopefully I can find some cool stuff to spend my money on. If you see me, come say hi. I want to meet all of you. Also, From Within Records fanzine just put out a new issue titled These Years with Sean from Strain. This issue will not be available online, so you will have to purchase a physical copy for the true fans only if you're not following from within records on social media please boot up your twitter your instagram click that follow button to stay up to date on all the current news and like i always say please support from within records because they support us if you're looking for high quality merch for your band for your business please hit up my friends over at good fortune printing out of wilkesbury pennsylvania you can follow them on Instagram at Good Fortune Printing. And if you want to get in contact with them, please email them contact at goodfortuneprinting.com. Also, same weekend is Hardcore Pride Weekend. Uh, I booked a show, but I will not be in attendance because I will be in Philly. But I constantly thank Kenny for major pain for holding it down for everyone out here in orange county uh, we booked a show prowl and dose are coming through and it's uh two runs coming together because uh prowl and dose are on a tour together and also at that same time abstain and sanctify are on a run together so we uh, were lucky enough that it all lined up and got all four bands together um, but also uh, Major Pain is on the bill. Uh, I'm, I'm so excited for all those bands to be playing program. So please, if you're in Southern California that weekend, get down a program, support Prowl. They're coming all the way from Canada. They're doing a full U.S. tour, a Canadian band doing a full U.S. tour. Insane. Also support Dose. Shout out LDB Records. Shout out... Um, abstain san diego straight edge and also shout out sanctify so support the touring bands uh, support every band support program uh, i'll post the ticket link uh in the bio in my bio uh, check my instagram story twitter you can uh, pre-purchase a ticket it's going to be a, a great show so thank you everyone who was involved with putting it together i'm super stoked for it also i recently went to the twice pop-up i have to shout out my good friend andy again for an uh, an amazing experience right i was just excited enough that twice was doing something here in california but to to, to be able to uh, get the vip treatment right uh, go watch the last vlog that i put out uh vlogged at the pop-up it, it it was awesome it just having to to, to be able to experience anything to do with twice it's just so cool and i'm so pumped on it. it it was a great time and i'm happy to have been able to be a part of it so shout out andy uh if you're not listening to twice this would be a great time to check them out they have a new record coming out in just a couple days ready to be it's going to be amazing uh, if you're lucky <laughs> head out to your local target your local walmart 
they're on the store shelves early. So if you're curious, go hit up those stores. Maybe there'll be some copies left over, but good luck. But on today's episode, we had to track down our good friend Ty Dawson. He sings for a band called Pain Clinic. They just put out a record last year titled Gimmick Dreams. If you have not had a chance to check it out, please, you know the drill. Hit pause, go boot up your Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, Bandcamp, YouTube, whatever you have to do. Go listen to Gimmick Dreams and then come back here. Listen to Ty Breakdown, how we got into hardcore. Uh, Ty's an awesome guy. It, it was one of those conversations where I walked away. I was like, wow, that guy was really awesome to talk to. I loved talking to Ty. I'm looking forward looking forward to meeting him in just a couple of weeks at Hardcore Pride Weekend. It was cool. So please, strap in, enjoy this conversation. Without further ado, welcome Ty Dawson to the show. Ty Dawson, how's it going? Great, man. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm happy to have you here. I'm a fan of uh, Pain Clinic. So when I reached out about having someone from the band on the podcast, I was happy that uh, you were down to do it. So thank you. Hell yeah, man. Love it. Okay. So I, I'm just curious because obviously I'm a huge supporter of From Within Records. I love Pain Clinic, but I, I just want to hear about the band. Uh, where did the uh, you know idea for the band come together? Well, it's kind of a long story, even though uh, this is kind of my first band. It only started, the demo came out in November of last month. But I mean, Pain Clinic has always kind of been like a running joke amongst my friends and I. I mean, we had a full lineup, and I think probably like 2013. And it was kind of just Ty Dawson is Pain Clinic, Ty Dawson is Pain Clinic, Pain Clinic's coming. And uh, it didn't really come until like 10, 10 years later. But uh last year around this before the summertime uh kind of got together with literally my best friend a couple friends from a long time ago and one of the new hardcore kids kids around pittsburgh and kind of got it uh off the uh off the tracks there last summer and hit up carter around time when we were about to record and he was pretty much we we sent him some of the demos that we had and he was he was pretty much down to uh put it out right off the bat so yeah that's kind of how everything came together last uh last year and you mentioned 2013 that's a long time to be uh you know trying to put together a band (laughs) because you gotta think yeah hardcore back in 2013 is nothing like it is today so uh, yeah, the, and, and back then we had we had one practice with uh, half of the members that were going to be in it, uh, and everyone scram- screamed at each other the whole time, and we never practiced again. And then it was just kind of like pain clinic, pain clinic as a joke from there on, then on out. But here, here it finally came to uh, came came together here in the past few months. And at any point, did you just just kind of give up on it? Because like that's a long time. I it, it was completely given up on until till last summer. It was it was given up on for years. 
Okay. Well, I'm I'm happy that it was uh, you know this idea from 2013 was able to you know be realized uh, back in 2022 because like I said I'm, I'm a fan of uh, the first release gimmick dream so I, I'm, I'm oh, yeah. happy that you guys were able to get it together and put that out. Hell yeah! Thank you. And you reach out to Carter. Was there a, re- a relationship there before? Did you know him, or were you just a fan of the label? Yeah, I'd known Carter for a few years now. So I met Carter through once he was in Payback. I had known the Agitator guys for years. The Agitator guys are some of my best friends. I used to bring them through here in Pittsburgh, and we kind of formed a relationship all all the way back way back when the Agitator first started. So. Uh, I kind of met him and I, I knew Keith and I knew, so I knew everybody once payback started. So once, once that came together, I kind of met Carter through that. I actually probably met Carter when he was on the road with mouse at the palace, like a few years before even that. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I've known Carter for, for quite some time. Okay. Yeah. And I love the pairing. Cause I, I remember last year when they had announced that they were uh, going to put out your record. I, I was intrigued because I'm like, ooh, Pittsburgh. Because uh, uh, I, I love uh, Steel Nation, so it's like, okay, cool. Like, like yeah. when anything comes from out there, I, I'm always interested uh, interested to see what's going on in that scene. So when I saw that you guys were coming out of there, I, I was automatically like, cool, I got to check this out. And I was even asking people, like, yo, like, what's the deal with this band Pain Clinic? <laughs> and everybody had uh, good things to say about you guys. So I, I'm, I'm yeah, happy it was, to it was, see it. It was kind of a mystery once he like posted a picture of me with a, a baseball bat in my hand and, and a lot of people are like what's this what's this but i i do i think uh from within is kind of like a perfect uh little spot for us because we're, we're a little bit different than, than a lot of stuff on the label um little different vibe a little different uh style of music maybe a little like funkier a little like little on the like the 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 maybe jersey core side like a little thuggish ruggish style but uh i think it, uh it's a good label for us because i mean i think we kind of stand out on that label yeah no i i, I would definitely agree um and i i think it's a good pairing too because when i look at uh your band and the, the label and i i, I try to uh, you know place you guys with other labels i'm like man i don't know if it, it would uh you know uh be pulled off the same or if I would like it as much because obviously like I'm a huge fan of what Carter's doing so I support the label 100% but when the bands that are on there uh, you know uh, fit really well it just makes me like the whole package even more yeah for sure and right now with with all the bands on the label there's kind of just like a little bit of everything on there now as opposed to I think maybe when it started it kind of started with like a little more uh, I don't want to use certain words, but like maybe like a passionate type hardcore, maybe like a vegan straight edge specific hardcore. But now I think there's a little bit of everything out there. He put out the split with not one truth. That's a little bit different than us. And like whatever, everything else that's on the label, burning strong, another one kind of like their own style. Everybody kind of has their own style right now that, that he's putting out. And it's pretty interesting to see and pretty much liking everything that he's putting out as well. It's all good stuff. So that's kind of what really matters. Hundred percent, and uh, just going back to the band, I- I'm curious, where does uh, the name Pain Clinic come from? Just sounds cool, man. <laughs> just sounds cool put together. And what I didn't realize once it came out is, whenever I hear people say it, they, they can't even say it right. I can barely say it right on stage. Everybody, it's always like Pain can- Pain Clinic, Pain Clinic, Pain. Everybody says it wrong whenever whenever they say it out loud. I didn't realize it was going to be like that, but uh, it's just a, it's just a name that kind of sounds cool. Kind of fits the vibe of the vibe of the band as well 
Okay, and I, I'm curious on the record where uh, with that soundbite with the, the the lady saying "Welcome to the Pain Clinic." Where's that from? That would be our guitar player's wife. <laughs> oh, so th that's the, uh, see. I thought that was from like a movie or or something. No, we we, we created the the footsteps going going up and and all that stuff. But the the woman talking is is our a guitar player's wife. Wow, my mind's yeah. blown right now because I I could have sworn like okay <laughs> they definitely pulled this from a movie because you know, that's like you know pretty normal right to use samples. Yeah. Um, sure. So I just assumed it was a, a sample from some like obscure movie or maybe a movie that I just um, you know didn't realize it was from. No, no, it's 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 all in the family here in Pain Clinic for sure. That's awesome. No, that, that makes me like it even more to know that it, it's a, a, an <laughs> original sound. So that, that that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. And uh, as far as uh, the the band, um, your role, um, how do you enjoy being in it? You know, after you know having this idea for so long uh, to to start this band, so to, to have it off the ground, playing shows, like what's it like for you? it's fucking awesome um like i said i mean it's kind of been like this joke thing for so long and it's all everybody's like dude why haven't you ever started a band why haven't you ever started a band and i mean i'm 37 years old now so people have been telling me this for like 20 years now mm -hmm. so finally it came to fruition and uh fucking awesome man i kind of had i've had constantly been writing lyrics over the past few years so i've had a ton of stuff ready and just didn't have the songs to put them to. And I mean, most of the lyrics now are, are things that I've kind of written since, since we started, but, but uh, the vibe, the ideas is it, whenever I went to my guys and they put, they wrote the music, dude, it came to get, I, they put together exactly what I asked for, exactly what I wanted. Like the first song on, on the demo lead core. I mean, you couldn't ask for, like me personally couldn't ask for more from my band on what they gave me to put lyrics on. And it kind of just worked out perfectly. It was exactly what I wanted. And, and um, the, the songs in the demo are exactly what, honestly, what I envisioned eight years ago, whenever this kind of thing came together in my mind. So, um, and now to play the songs live, it's, it's, it's fucking awesome. Hell yeah. Well, I'm, I'm happy that after so long that you're able to realize this vision, it's going the way that you want because yeah. to, to, to think about something and to want it for so long, uh, it could have easily come out, uh, you know, a, a little different or maybe not what you expected, but I, I'm, I'm happy to hear so many positive things about it from your end. Oh yeah. And your first show uh, was a pretty stacked lineup uh, and you know, played with the band that I mentioned earlier, Steel Nation. Uh, what was that like for you to finally hit the stage with Pain Clinic? <laughs> it's kind of a funny story. I really wanted to play uh, before we had like our first show out here in Pittsburgh. I wanted to play just like just like a smaller show. So I was like, yeah, let's just play in West Virginia uh, before we have like our debut show in Pittsburgh. So, I mean, the show, I mean, it ended up being a big show. It ended up being with the Cro-Mangs. So mm -hmm. playing your first show with the Cro-Mangs is, is pretty ridiculous in, in, in itself. And then Still Nation, there's, there's some of my best friends that I've met through hardcore the past 20 years. So, uh, and a band that I fucking love to death and have supported since the beginning, um, since Stephen Neal weren't singing since before then, I mean, until now, just to see what they become. So playing with them for our first show, I mean, that was really important to me as well, just because we're playing with our best friends. So, but the show, uh, like I said, I wanted to play like a show outside of Pittsburgh, like, 
maybe in a small town like West Vir- in West Virginia first, just to get out maybe like the first show kinks. Cause again, I've never even played a live show in my entire life. So uh, I just want to kind of make sure everything went right for the first one. And uh, the show ended up being with the Cro-Mags in Morgantown, West Virginia. And I was like, yeah, oh, maybe there's just going to be like no one there. It'll be all right. There ended up being 200 people there. <laughs> so that was kind of a shock, but I mean, it went off without a hitch. It was, it was a fucking great show. Couldn't ask for more people moshing and dancing and singing for, for our band was pretty much all I can really ask for. Yeah, I, I guess it's better just to I guess get thrown into the deep end, right? You get a yeah, a nice yeah. sized crowd. I didn't crowd think and... I was being thrown in the deep end, but I, but I was. Yeah, that that that's really awesome to hear. And man, you mentioned and I I, I you know, honestly I just have to say I just have so much love for Seal Nation, and oh, um, yeah. uh, I've been dying to see you know I haven't seen them since two thousand nine. Last time they, they came to California, they played the Cobalt Cafe and Canoga Park, and. Since then, well, I just, what was the show? Was it with Death Before Dishonor or was it another tour? You know, Death Before Dishonor. Yeah, because I, I I remember uh, 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 just thinking um, about what I should say to B-roll because I, I remember just reading his B9 post about building computers. And I was like just some young, nervous kid trying to uh, think about how I should talk to this guy that is all famous <laughs> on the Internet. Um, but yeah, so yeah, that, that was 2009. Yeah, that, that was. Yeah, I mean, that that's the that's probably the best time to possibly see. And that's what kind of when they were on there their peak and i mean forever wounded and in my opinion top five pa album it's up there with some some of the best hardcore since i've been around so mm-hmm. yeah but even the records that have uh came after i i still like you know feel like it's solid music like i i, I seriously oh. love their discography and um you know i'm sure they have the reasons but uh, I just wish one day I could uh, be right place, right time and see them again. Cause I, you know, I, I wouldn't like I said, I've been waiting since, since 2009 for their return to California, but I'm not sure it's going to happen. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a great discography the whole way through. And when you see them live, even if you, even if you just know forever, I mean, I've seen them 50 times at this point. So, I mean, even if you just know forever wounded somehow, whenever you see it live, you know, all the words to every song, even if it's not on forever wounded. So somehow it works out that way. So, um yeah i mean still nation they're number one to me so you, you I'm, I'm right there with you yeah and great people too i'm a little embarrassing yeah. uh, moment when i saw them in 2009 they had remembered me because i, I used to be in a hardcore band way back in the day and yeah. my, my old band we played with them and this is when they had a, a front man I, I don't remember the guy's name yeah. um so we had played with them in our band. The band wasn't sucked ass. But when I had seen them at, at Canoga Park, they're like, hey, weren't you in that band at, at the roller rink? And I was like, oh. I'm like, yes, that's embarrassing. But that's awesome that you guys remember. Because <laughs> it was such a, uh, it was this venue in uh, Hemet, California. But the, just the fact that they remembered and they were cool and nice to this you know random young kid, because I didn't know them personally back then. Yeah. I, I was just a fan. Uh, that just stuck with me. And on, on top of their music being awesome, it's just, yeah, I, I just love that band. So shout out yeah, Steel Nation. Sure, Steel Nation and Pain Clinic are both cut from the same cloth. And I mean, we're going to be playing with them a lot, I think, here in the future. So um, have you ever had anybody from from Steel Nation on the show? Uh, yes. Years yeah. ago. Yeah. Had the drummer ago. on. Oh, yeah. Ethan, mm-hmm. again, one of my best friends. So Yeah. Shout out, Ethan. Um, haven't spoken to him in a while, but yeah, he was on the podcast years ago. Uh, great guest. And like I said, yeah, I, I'm just a huge fan of Steel Nation. He's still rocking. And now he's drumming for uh, Live It Down as well. Oh, 
live it down i'm okay uh live it down pain clinic i'm excited to see you guys at, at the end of the month because i will be in philly you are coming i am the flight is booked awesome. i'm oh, yeah, I, yeah no, I, I got a place to stay I, i'm filming an interview with uh i, I don't know if I, if I can say it but yeah i'm filming an interview when i'm down there so i will be there the whole weekend i'm excited Oh yeah, who, you you can't say you're filming an interview. Who are you filming an interview with? Rocky? <laughs> no, not Rocky. I'm not. I, I just don't know if you. Well, obviously it's it's going to be public. Whatever. I'm I'm filming at least one interview with uh, Lennon from uh, Plead Your Case, Carbonite. Awesome. Um, uh, dudes doing movies. His new podcast. Shout out Lennon. Um, but we're awesome. we're we're doing that. Um, and and, and trying yeah. to squeeze in some other stuff. But yeah, I'm very excited to see. Uh, your band and live it down two bands uh, that i haven't seen which is uh, rare these days right because I've, I've been around for so long uh so it, it's nice to be able to see some bands that i'm really into that i haven't seen yet couldn't be more excited to play play philly i mean one it's at the church the like the legendary video the legendary venue the church and i mean playing with all these awesome bands some of our friends some bands that i don't know but i mean i, I want to see and I, i've heard and want to see so I mean, couldn't be more excited to play that. I mean, it's 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 huge for us, and couldn't be more thankful to uh, Carter and Lennon for throwing us on. Yeah, and I, I think it's a, a smart move, and I love that uh, they're doing this because uh, I I always you know wish more labels would have a showcase uh, for the bands on the label because uh, yeah. I, I feel like. Um, uh, it's cool to, to to have bands on your label, but to be able to bring everybody together for a, an event for a cool weekend, and, and just to have people like me travel from all over the world to to experience it, because to to get that roster in you know under one roof for you know like a solid weekend th that doesn't happen often. So it, it's yeah, something special. It's, it's huge. It's huge, and, and you kind of are seeing that a little bit more with kind of all the labels coming together and putting 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 together like a show with all their stuff. I think Days did it. And, and I think they might've done it with like a couple other uh, of the current labels, but yeah, I mean, it's an awesome idea. And I mean, I believe the last, last one that they did last year was a success. So I don't see this, this year being any, any other, any other uh, situation, especially with, with, I mean, grids headlining the first day and mind forces headlining the second day. It's, it's going to be fucking killer. Yes. Yeah, and I, I was uh, there last year. That was actually my first time at the church last year, and I had a oh yeah had a blast because it, it was strange uh, for me to to have seen so many videos of the church and then to just be in there helping set up and just kind of being just kind of amazed. I'm like, wow, this is this is the place. Like I've seen hundreds of videos from in here, and it, it was really awesome to, to bit, be there. It looks a little bit different once you're in there. It's yeah, kind of not. It's kind of kind of like you don't realize what you're you're stepping into whenever you're you're outside of it and then it kind of looks a little bit different than what you see on, on on youtube or whatever once once you're in there but uh it's <clears throat> it's an awesome place 100 percent, yeah i'm, I'm uh, happy to get back and i'm uh, a, a big fan of that venue but getting back to to pain clinic the um, gimmick dreams comes out uh, last november uh, from your perspective um, how has it been received I mean, I, I'd, I'd like to get it, get more ears on it personally. Um, I think when it came out, I mean, it was very well received. Personally, we, we just aren't the band that's going to be touring and able to uh, play every day or even every weekend. 
because just our, our members are, are kind of all over the place as far as careers and family. We've got business owners. we got professional wrestlers in the band. we got a little bit of everything in the band. So it's kind of tough to uh, play as much as I personally would, would like to. I mean, I, I would love to play all the time every weekend, but it's just not just not like in, in the cards for us. Mm-hmm. But um, when it came out, I think it definitely got uh, the response that I was looking for. I mean, I, I think – as far as feedback, it was exactly what I wanted to hear as far as what people thought about it. And, and um, I'd like to get more ears on it now, though, because since, since we haven't, like, kind of right out the bat start playing shows um, left and right, I think that uh, maybe I don't want to say hype because I don't think we had much hype at all. But considering we, we are people in uh, that really haven't had any bands in the past 10 years or um uh, we're just a band coming out of nowhere putting out a demo so um what we got right off the bat i think was great but i I mean it's kind of fallen off since then just because we haven't been able to to get out there and play and i think the past uh the the past month we played a big show here in pittsburgh a couple weeks ago and it's kind of we're we're kind of back into it and i think uh in our mindset after that show in pittsburgh we were like fuck we gotta play after that because i mean that was just that was just we got to follow up on this big because um, we might be fucking up by not doing that, you know? Yeah. Or it might be adding to your allure, right? Uh, This band that is uh, writing great music, but isn't full time. So, you know, when they see the name pain clink on a flyer, it's like, all right, this isn't going to happen that often. So we got to make sure to show up and go off because we don't know when the next pain clinic gig is going to be. Yeah, and I think that's kind of a, that can be the Pittsburgh curse in a, in, a, in a way because I mean there's been a lot of Pittsburgh bands that have been that that same way. If you t- think of uh, Enemy Mind, they're a band that did not play much. I mean they're just adults that just can't play all the time. Mm-hmm. But I mean they definitely are a band that everybody wanted to see whenever they played. Um, there's a band from Pittsburgh now called No Reason to Live, and I mean. They've been a band for for years and years, and they play once a year. They play in Pittsburgh, and it's it's fucking crazy. Sometimes they'll play a, something in like Brooklyn or somewhere else. But I mean, I personally think that they're maybe like a top three Pittsburgh band of all time. But they don't get their they don't really get their just due just because they're kind of they're 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 really not playing all the time, and they're not putting out new music all the time. But the material that they have is just unbelievable, and their live their live performance is unbelievable but they're just they're just not out there as much as some of these other bands can be yeah no and fans can be fickle right cuz uh yeah if you're you're not uh you know constantly reminding them like hey like we're we're here we're still a band there's so much music out there already to to begin with so it's Absolutely. it's it's easy to uh, just kind of uh, lose their attention you know they'll still like the music but it's like all right cool like if they're not going to be out there um, doing stuff, uh, you know, cool. Like we'll just listen to their music, but um, we're going to be doing. And other I, stuff. I don't, I don't blame hardcore kids for thinking that way. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if uh, you're not seeing them before your face, playing all the time, playing your town, then what? What's really the point of really even getting into it if you're not seeing it live? I mean, that the, the live performance is kind of the biggest thing. And why even put your time into listening to something and learning? learning the words and stuff like that if you're not going to see it live and get to like put it into action you know so i so i understand it both ways yeah but i think the fact that you have 
played shows. It's just like, all right, there's uh, at least they have the hope out there knowing that, all right, yeah. it, it, it could happen. It, it's yeah. a real possibility. Like, like for, for sure. me next month or to me this month, okay. I, I, it's, uh, you know, just turned March. So uh, yes. the, the end of this month, I, I get to um, finally experience that live. Fuck yeah. It's going to be awesome. I can't, I literally cannot fucking wait for it. So. Okay. And, uh, you, you did mention that, that Pittsburgh show, uh, can you talk about what that experience was like for you to, to play at home? Dude, it was fucking awesome. One, it was with all war, literally one of the greatest bands, one of my favorite bands ever. Uh, internal sleep record release was the same show. So, um, again, my, my best friends of all time are in that band. So, I mean, to play that, to, to be a part of the record release, fucking huge. Uh, no Good Deed played as well. So they're another another band from around here that is, is really fucking good so with with a lot of my friends in the band. So it was uh, it was fucking awesome. The, the, the set was awesome. I mean, it couldn't have been. I mean, couldn't have been. I couldn't ask for more with what we got out of that that Pittsburgh show. So um, from from the kids, from everything. So, um, yeah, it was fucking awesome. And we're playing again here in Pittsburgh. Uh, three days before the Philly show, we're playing yep. a tsunami here. So, and and the band that I referred to earlier today, uh, No Reason to Live, they're they're playing as well. So it's going to be fucking. That show's going to be fucking awesome. Yeah, what's the setup like? Because uh, if I remember correctly, right, they, uh, per, uh, preserving underground, they had an original location and then they moved. Yeah, so it kind of started, let me think here, like four years ago, um, Preserving Underground was the record store underneath the magistrate's office in this little town called New Kensington outside of Pittsburgh. So, I mean, it was a venue like the size of this room I'm in right now. It's, it was Jeez. not a very big venue. And we we fit 100 kids in there sometimes. Uh, but uh, eventually, the, the venue moved to, the venue store and everything has moved uh, literally next door um, into this church where uh, the record store is upstairs. There's uh, basically like your church, typical like dining hall is uh, the preserving underground, which is about a 250 cat venue. And attached to that is uh, a little room called the DIY room where like we kind of put together little shows and throw it in there. Just so like, let's say you're going to do a show and, 70 people are going to show up. You don't really want to throw that on a 250 cap venue with mm -hmm. a stage and stuff. It really doesn't work out. And it's better just to kind of throw it in the small room and pack the people in. It makes for a better show. And honestly, like at this point, sometimes touring bands that come through, they request to play that room just because they know the show is going to be way sicker playing in a small room like that. That's packed in than like an open, open floor like that. And coming up here, in about a month, the uh, like I said, this is a church. The uh, church chapel has now been converted into a 700 cap venue. Oh wow! So uh, we're going to start having b really big shows in there. That's wild. That, but yeah. that, that, that's cool that you're able to um, you know convert this church to to be an awesome venue. Yes, it's kind of like the Pittsburgh Hardcore Clubhouse at this point. And yeah, now I'm really interested because I, I, mm -hmm. I was a fan of. Um, uh, seeing the original location because I, I had friends that lived in the area that would actually go there and shop and like send me pictures. And, yeah, 
Um, obviously, I'm, I'm a fan of Face Rack. Uh, AJ's okay. been on the podcast before. This is like years ago. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, it, it's it's cool to hear that um, that's still going and uh, it's gotten uh, better. Yeah, it's gotten way better, way bigger, and it's about to get fucking really big. And has Tsunami been out there before? I don't think so. I think this is their first time playing here. So we're we're expecting like this is going to be like a sold out show. It's going to be fucking awesome. So Dude, they've been selling out their shows like every night. I'm so stoked for them because obviously all, all hardworking dudes like the, the tour was like DIY booked. So it's it's really awesome to see them uh, do a full U.S. tour and it being like really successful and hearing about sold out. Um, you know, shows in like Arizona on like a Monday night. They just sold out the local venue here, Chain Reaction, two nights in a row. So it, it, it's awesome. Yeah, they're kind of a band that I really, well, I mean, I really didn't know much about until not this most recent FYAs. So, what? Yeah, so the FY, the two FYAs ago, mm-hmm. uh, I really didn't know much about them, and and they played, and literally every single person there knew the words to every song, and. And I was like, holy shit, who the fuck is it? I mean, I knew the name, but uh I didn't I didn't expect to see like a reaction like that. And since then, I mean, it's kind of just been been crazy to see them rise to what they are. I mean, this the set at FYA this year was fucking awesome. Uh people going crazy. So I'm expecting to see the same thing here in a couple weeks in Pittsburgh. And uh, I think the show's in Philly the night before the fest in in, in Philly as well. So I would imagine that one's gonna be fucking crazy too. I know. I know my buddy out in Detroit has uh, has the show booked as well, and I think that's sold out as well. So, I mean, it's pretty sick to see how that band kind of has kind of taken over. Yeah, and I hope it like kind of shows uh, people that uh, you know they could do that too. They just have to start a band and see if it works. Yeah, because uh, yeah. Obviously, Tsunami, those guys are all talented. They all play in other bands, um, you know, from their hometown as well. But uh, they're hardworking dudes writing cool music. And uh, I'm just really happy to see it paying off and uh, them having great success with it. Yeah, I mean, I would kind of consider them, at least until this big tour coming up. I mean, I would kind of consider them kind of a regional act that kind of blew up their hometown. And now it's now it's become what it is. So, I mean, that's that's kind of how I think things should typically work most of the time you kind of want to make sure that your town blows up on you first and then it kind of hits the rest of the, the world so i mean they definitely did that yeah because if, if you look at the the bands um from their area like if, if you look at a band like scowl who's on this crazy trajectory right they're playing coachella yeah. they're on tour right now with show me the body and jesus piece um and then if you look at a band like drain and uh, Gulch, right? Gulch, uh, they, they decided to to hang it up, but they were uh, you know, they headlined Sound and Fury, uh, so mm-hmm. it, it, it was um, really cool to see uh, you know that group of friends um, just kind of remind the whole world, like, hey, like Northern California, the Bay, San Jose, it's like we have a awesome scene. Yeah, it's really cool, and I mean, it, like I said, like all all those bands you just mentioned, they kind of just like popped out of nowhere based on reactions that they were getting in their hometown and they kind of took it to the road and it fucking worked out for sure i mean drain seeing drain rise like tsunami's been fucking awesome too they played here uh oh or they played here eh, towards the end of last year maybe towards the summertime but um I, in my mind i'm like i don't know how how drain's gonna get over on a uh 
headlining show in Pittsburgh and um, come, come show day, there's 250 kids there and literally everyone knew the word and they're getting reactions. Like I don't ever see here in Pittsburgh. So um, they're, and they're bringing out kids that aren't typically around. So I think that's fucking awesome too. I mean, that's, that's how this shit works. Yeah, yeah, I'm new uh, like newer bands popping up and uh you know ha- hopefully having a, a positive impact on the scene and inspiring young kids, right? Like like you said yeah, like you young know, kids, kids kids that normally don't come out. Yeah, and hopefully inspire them to to be the next generation to to be the next wave because well, like I always say the the youth is what drives all of us, right? Cuz if hardcore ended with our generation, it, it would be sad. Uh, you know, obviously a lot of good memories, a lot of good bands, but we, we want to see this thing going on forever. So that's why we, we I, I always appreciate sure we should try to uh, encourage the youth just to do something right. Start a band, book a show, do a zine, whatever. Just uh, do something to, to you know keep the, the spirit of hardcore alive. Yeah, and I, I think I mean, everybody says has that worry like, hey, what if this kind of ended with this generation? But in, in certain ways, I just never see it ending and in, in one and in one side of my one side of my shoulder i say i mean these kids these kids these days aren't not like i ever picked up a fucking guitar either but these kids are getting into making like fucking rap beats instead of playing guitar but on the other side there's always going to be freaks that need to fucking play their play their crazy music and scream to a microphone so i I don't think it's ever going to die die ever okay i hope you're right because i i don't want to see it die because uh I, I don't want to say hardcore saved my life, but it kind of helped me grow into the person that I am today. Because when I discovered yeah, hardcore, I I was a freshman in high school, no friends, trying to uh, you know stay true to myself and realize that um, you know I didn't have to conform, I didn't have to give up the things that I like just to fit in. Like I I didn't want to fit in. I I, I wanted to just love what I loved and uh, you know find people that like me for who I was, and not you know just because I uh, you know were not just because I was in the same things as them, you know, things that I, I wasn't actually into. So uh, hardcore just kind of put me in that direction and showed me that I could be myself and it's okay. 100%. Okay. So uh, gimmick dreams uh, is out. Uh, have you guys thought about what's next in terms of uh, music? Yeah, we're still writing. We're still writing all the time, multiple times a week. We, we got some new stuff. We're playing a new song live right now as well. So, um there's gonna be new stuff whenever you see us later this month we'll have some new stuff hopefully some extra stuff as well but um yeah we're still writing not not 100 percent what what we're planning to do with it um i don't really think that we're ever gonna we're gonna do a full length i don't know about ever but i don't think we're planning on a full length but maybe a ep similar to gimmick dreams maybe a split with someone in the future. I don't, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen, but we are still writing right now. Just not a hundred percent what we're going to do with it. Okay. Well, I'm happy to, to know that I'll hear some new stuff live later yeah. this month, but um, yeah, definitely hoping um, you guys uh, figure it out and record something. Uh, a a full length would be cool, but uh, you know, natural progression, right? Demo and then EP or split or EP then split. Just kind of yeah. like, you know, gradually work your way up to an LP or some, some bands go crazy and they just drop an LP right off the bat, which is insane to yeah. me. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I mean, definitely not LP max. I can pretty much tell you that hundred percent just because I, that's going to take up a lot of time before I, then we might have an LP out uh, three years from now, if, if that's what we're doing next. So I would, I would say maybe like a four or five song EP next or a split with somebody, but um, 
but yeah, we're working on new stuff. So, I mean, it, I think the, the latest song that we've done is going to be like the coolest fucking song we ever did. So, um, when it sees the light of day, I, I, I mean, we're going to, we'll be playing, we play it live at uh, the all or show, but, uh, you'll see it. You'll see it at, uh, hardcore pride as well. Okay. That that's awesome. I'm definitely looking forward to that. Um, okay. Uh, want to kind of switch gears real quick. Uh, yeah, obviously Pittsburgh has been, uh, you know, coming up a lot in this conversation, but I, I want to uh, ask you about, uh, East Palestine, because uh, there was that okay. uh, that train that derailed and i'm seeing yeah. crazy stuff on the internet uh you know like this guy sounds like mickey mouse now he his like voice changed and i'm seeing videos of people pouring <laughs> uh creamer into their coffee and it's like sizzling i'm, I'm just curious yeah. from from your perspective um have you uh, experienced any fallout from that uh, accident Nah, and uh, i i think what you're seeing might be a little like uh uh, maybe I'm wrong, but it might be like a little, uh, people might be going a little overboard with that. I mean, I live 30 miles from there and I'm not really noticing any, any, any difference in, in my water or, uh, I'm not like freaking out or, or my, my beard hair hasn't turned blue or anything. So, I mean, I, I, I think, I think it might be a little overblown on, uh, some of the reactions that we're seeing. I mean, it's definitely a serious situation, but, mm -hmm. uh, I haven't really noticed any, any differences. At any point, were you ever nervous at all to like drink the tap water or to take a shower or anything? Brother, I've been drinking tap water like by the gallon. <laughs> I'm not really afraid of that kind of stuff. Okay. I, I was just so curious because, <laughs> yeah, seeing these crazy reports, I'm obviously uh, what I see, yeah, I, I'm not going to sure. believe it 100%. Obviously, I'm, it, it's cool to be able to hear it from someone who's way closer to uh, yeah. the location than I am, obviously. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm the dummy here. Maybe, uh, maybe I'm stupid for drinking tap water and going outside but i haven't really noticed any changes and i and i know people that live very close to there and they are not really that affected by it themselves so okay well I mean, it's it, fucking crazy it's fucking crazy what happened i mean yeah but but I, I i don't think that uh even the people that live very close to there are that worried about it maybe they are on the internet but um yeah okay all right well if anybody starts saying like mickey mouse <laughs> yeah, I'll call you. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a trip because uh, you know, out here, uh, just a couple hours ago, it was snowing, right? Like snowing here I'm in sure. Anaheim, and that's that. I've lived here for 13 years. That has never happened. Well, today was a in Pittsburgh was a beautiful 66 degree weather today. I mean, it was 20 degrees three days ago, but mm -hmm. it, it's it's beautiful here today. And I mean, that's crazy to hear that. that's what's going on. In Cali, so yeah, yeah, it's strange. It, it's it's cool, but also it's like, man, what is going on? Because for uh, the past couple of days, it's been like you know uh, raining really hard, which is uh, nice because somehow we're always in a drought. So getting the rain was nice, but then for it to to snow today, it was just something I wasn't expecting. Does it ever snow there in general? No, no, no. <laughs> like for like for us, um, like out here, it, like for us to see snow, like we have to drive to the mountains and like you know, go up the mountains to, to yeah. see the snow. That that's normal. That's not a big deal. But for us to have snowfall here, you know, you know in the city, it, it, it was crazy. Yeah, well, it snows here quite a bit, and it's fucking freezing here all the time. But I mean, through this summer, I mean, this summer, this this winter really hasn't been that bad. We've had. It snowed a couple of times, but it's just been fucking really cold. It's been just been 20 degrees all the time every day. And waking up at 6 a.m. to walk my dog every morning is, is 
complete hell. <laughs> yeah, I, I damn. What do you wear when you go outside? Are you like super layered <laughs> up? We had to go go out that early. I mean, if this was 2004, old hardcore Ty Dawson would have been wearing like a full blown chaos t shirt and like Jordan basketball shorts. But 37 year old Ty Dawson is wears a hoodie, a Carhartt jacket, sweatpants, and, and boots whenever I go out. Now I I can't do the, the shorts in the cold weather anymore. I would have done it 15 years ago, but not now. Yeah. That's wild. Now, I, I trip out because obviously we experience a different kind of cold out here. So when it's like uh, 50 degrees, I'm freaking out. Like, I need two hoodies. I need to make sure to be wearing pants. I could definitely can't go out in shorts. So. Yeah, a couple of years ago, I actually moved to Florida for about two years. I lived in Tampa. And anything that, that I had in my body that made me okay with it being cold went away. So once I moved back, the cold just tears me up. I can't fucking stand the cold anymore how'd you like tampa i love tampa it just kind of didn't work out for me the, the minute i moved down there and got into my apartment was the same day that the world shut down it was the same oh. day covid started Dang. so uh it didn't really work out for me down there so i was down there for a few months before covid and just uh living in different places i got to go to a couple shows down there mm-hmm. didn't really meet anybody just because i was only there a couple times my friend you know, Blob, Robert oh, yeah. Goodspeed yeah. From, from Pensacola. He, his Bent Burning Strong played a show, so I got to hang out with him at one of the shows, but didn't really get to make any friends down there. So when I was down there, and then COVID hit, so there's not really much I can do. And as much as like people said Florida was crazy, while well, it was crazy, mm-hmm. crazier than like Pittsburgh or definitely where you're at, um, it wasn't that crazy. So we're still locked up and couldn't really do much. That's crazy. That that is wild. Okay, if uh, the pandemic lockdowns didn't happen, do you think you would have uh, stayed in Tampa? Do you think you'd still be in Tampa today? I'm not a hundred percent. I think probably. I think I probably would still be down there, and clinic would not be a thing if, if that was the case. So um, I'd probably still be down there, and I'm sure that more shows would have happened, and I could have stuck around and had something to do a little bit more mm-hmm. uh, other than work every day, but. Um, that didn't really work out when I lived in Florida. Really, my my social life was uh, chilling in the house. I would go to the comic book store every Wednesday. Whenever new books came out, I would uh, go to Hooters every now and then and sit at the bar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you got there? New Iron Man? Yeah, it's like a like an origin I story. Iron Man. Yep. It just came out today. Um, love the, I, I love going to the comic book store. So when you mentioned that, I just had to grab that. I got a little stack right here. Yeah. That is crazy, um, and and I'm sure that the you know a bunch of hardcore kids didn't even know that they had the future singer of Pain Clinic living in their <laughs> no, city. I guess they did not. That is wild. That's such a crazy my story. Friend, my only my only friend in Florida was Robert Goodspeed, and he was fucking seven hours away in Pensacola, Florida. So didn't really get to get to work things out there. I'm a big baseball fan, so I was ready to go to spring training and stuff, and that didn't work out because spring training got. Got uh first one got canceled due to COVID and the second one was very limited capacity. So mm-hmm. I couldn't go to I went to maybe three games. I planned on going like literally every fucking day and it just didn't work out because due to the limited limited capacity, all these games sold out immediately. So if I picked one game to go to, that means ten other ones were sold out. So I didn't really get to do much of that either. So it just my time in Florida just was was fucking cursed from the start. 
And at what point did you kind of realize like, okay, like this isn't for me. I, I'm going back to Pittsburgh. About a year and a half in, I was just like, fuck it. I'm just going to buy a house in Pittsburgh and come back and start things back up how I was doing. Okay. That's wild. That, that, yeah. That's such a trip. Cause yeah, I, that time was weird uh, for me too. Cause I, I, I never stopped working. So I yeah. was uh, working every day and, but like all my friends, uh, you know, got to, uh, because of the jobs they had, they, uh, you know, were either working from home or they just weren't working. And, yeah. and it was just weird because like, I felt like I was just kind of watching like the, like the whole thing from like a weird perspective because like I was still like from, uh, the start to the, to the end of it, I, uh, you know, did the same thing. Uh, obviously less hanging out, less, you know, no shows or whatever, but still, I was still waking up, going to work, doing a lot of the same things, uh, before the pandemic. It was just really strange for me. Yeah. Yeah. It was weird. It was fucking weird, bro. <laughs> Trust me. I, I'm with you. Okay. Well, um, crazy times. Uh, I, I also wanted to ask you, uh, about wrestling, uh, yeah. obviously I, I can see the poster for the movie, the wrestler behind you, which was an awesome movie. And then obviously some yeah, uh, figures great. in that glass case behind you. But, uh, how did you get into wrestling? Dude, I got into wrestling in 1991 when I was like six years old and kind of never quit. And a lot of people go into like wrestling phases and stuff. I've, mm -hmm. I've been pretty diehard my entire life and I'm, I'm a big collector and, all kinds of wrestling toys, posters, newspapers. I got everything in this room. Uh, I moved in this house a little over a year and a half ago. And uh, I've only put up like half of this room. So this wall that you see is a little bare, but uh, the whole rest of this room is pretty covered like head to toe and stuff. So, uh, but yeah, I'm a big collector. I'm a big uh, Toy collector, not just wrestling, a little bit of everything, but uh, I got I got a lot of shit, man. I got an attic full of like of like about 20, uh, 20 Tupperware totes just filled with toys, magazines, books, comic books, baseball cards, a little bit of everything. I got I, I I'm a I'm unfortunately a collector, and whenever you move from uh, whenever you move from Pittsburgh to Florida and Florida to Pittsburgh again, it's fucking pain in the ass hauling all this shit around and whenever i uh showed up at my house right now whenever i moved in i showed up with a uh 20 foot box truck just completely filled to the brim of plastic totes and I had about seven people waiting outside to help me uh bring everything in. <laughs> but yeah i got a lot of sh i got a lot of shit i got too much shit i need to get rid of some of this shit yeah, see, I'm a different person. I would have parted ways. There's no way I would have wanted to travel with all that <laughs> stuff. That's crazy. Believe it or not, I did part ways with, uh, I mean, I sold almost my entire hardcore shirt and wrestling shirt collection, which was about 300 some shirts. Mm -hmm. I only kept the stuff that I really wanted. Um, and now I'm thinking about just getting rid of those as well. <laughs> but, uh, um yeah i couldn't part with some of this stuff is i mean i'm really thinking now about parting with a little bit of it but uh yeah hauling it across the country fucking sucked it was it was rough okay and see <laughs> I, i'm not like you I, I was like a jaded wrestling fan i i stopped yeah. watching 
like right when like uh like uh, it was like the invasion happened when wcw yeah, yeah. Uh, you know was coming over to uh, wwf and then uh, i i remember just finding out you know wrestling's fake whatever like for, for, uh, you know being a, a, a young kid i thought everything was real right i thought uh, when you fight people in the street i thought you would do choke slams and tombstones <laughs> and stuff uh, doesn't uh work that way. yeah it definitely doesn't work that way so I, I felt like I was tricked, but uh, these days I'm uh, more of a casual fan, right? Because like when yeah. I was a kid, I, I turned my back on wrestling. I, I couldn't believe Vince McMahon lied to me my whole life. Um, but now it, it, it's, it's just fun. Uh, you know, I, I just watch uh, what I can. And it's uh, cool to, to see some of the people that I um, remember from you know watching it and like when I was a kid that are still around. It, it's crazy because when I was a kid watching them, they seem so old to me, but now that I'm an adult, I'm like, fuck, how are they still around? This is crazy. Yeah. I think, I mean, I consider wrestling the reason that I kind of got into music as well. I mean, dude, I'm the type of guy, like, um, ever since I was a little kid, if I find out about something, it could be anything. I got to know everything about it. So I'm a little kid. I see a fucking Disney movie. I see what's the fucking first Disney movie that I got into when I was a kid. Like, fucking the lion king so i see the lion king all right all right there's some way i need to figure out every single disney movie and i'm gonna have to get a hold get my hands on every single one so i can see every one so that happens then i get into wrestling i gotta find out every fucking thing about wrestling whether it's the big wrestling or like the small wrestling like in in the high school gym from that i found ecw with ecw it was different than WWF and WCW at the time where ECW had wrestlers coming out to all these crazy songs. So they would come out to real songs as opposed to the WWF. So through that, you have Rob Van Dam coming out to Pantera Walk. You have different guys coming out to different stuff. They're coming out to Fear Factory. They're coming out to like Aussie deep cuts like Perry Mason and stuff like that. So with that, I got to find out about all this metal music and and once I find out about Ozzy, let's get every fucking Ozzy CD that ever came out. Let's get every Pantera CD that ever came out. And through that, I just, it just kind of like builds on, builds on, builds on. I get to high school. I know all this shit about metal music and rap music and every kind of music. I'm also obsessed with like Headbangers Ball when I'm little, 120 Minutes when I'm little. So I got to find out about all these, these albums and records and artists get to high school, find out about punk music and emo music and pop punk music. I have to find out every fucking thing about that. That's around like 2000, 99, 2000 in high school. Then my punk friends get into hardcore. They're trying to get me to listen to hate breed. I hear hate breed. I'm like, I don't really, I don't really like hate breed. Turns out a couple of years later, I'm like, holy shit, all my friends had already moved on from liking hardcore and we're now into like jam bands and like smoking weed and stuff. I'm like, oh shit, Hatebreed is fucking awesome. What was I thinking back then? Let's find about out about every fucking hardcore band. So then I just end up, that's how I end up in this. And here we are today. And that's how, I mean, I just, I just somehow, for some reason, I just become a diehard in everything. That, I can't be interested in something and not know everything about it. You know what I mean? It's like comic books. If I if I find out, I, I can't just read like a Spider-Man comic book. I have to find out all the image comics and all the Vertigo comics and all the everything. I got to know everything about everything. That's just kind of how my, my my brain works. I just gotta. I got. I can't just like go up to someone and 
someone own me on knowledge on something because that's fucking stupid. I want to know everything <laughs> about it so I can I can tell you how everything is. You know what I mean? Hey, respect because yeah. th- th- there's a lot of people who will just uh, pretend to be into stuff, but for you to to you know dive uh, you know head first and actually be into it, I, I think that's really awesome. Yeah. So now I have a, a knowledge of hardcore and. Even if I don't even like the stuff I know about it, I mean that, that's kind of how about, about everything that I just mentioned, from wrestling to to metal music to comic books. I don't even really like half of it, but I know about it, and, and I don't know really if that means anything, but I, I do. <laughs> that's that's wild, and it's, it's it's funny that you say your hardcore friends uh, moved on from Hatebreed and uh, jam bands and stoners and stuff. Because <laughs> I my high school friends i i had a roommate that was like that uh, the, uh like we were friends for the longest time and, and he put me on to you know trapped under eyes and like you know 08 uh you know cold world uh, he's the reason why i i care about uh wilkesbury um but he, he just got to this point where um he just listened to sleep like all day yeah <laughs> that's all he would listen to and i'm like he, he listened to it so much where i'm like all right i gotta fucking check out this band because why does he only listen to sleep and i'm just like all right like why is one song like 45 minutes this is this is insane no 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 this i really don't really like sleep at all but once my friends in high school busted out the sleep that's when i was like dude you guys are on a different path than i mm-hmm. i'm going i'm going this way you guys you guys can listen to the like the noise toaster fucking listen to the inside of your toaster noise music and i'm gonna go this path i'm gonna go listen to 25 to life you can go this route you can go listen to crosby stills nass and young when you're fucking 16 years old i don't really know why you'd want to do that when you're 16 maybe now when you're 37 years old but i went to hardcore path and i stuck to it and i'm glad i did i used to hold that against my high school friends that like i went the in my well, I went the hardcore path and they went fucking their path. But looking back, I mean, you just get into different stuff as you get older. And I mean, hardcore is definitely not meant for everybody. So mm-hmm. not, ev- not everybody is meant to fucking be traveling the United States, going to shows every fucking weekend or a couple times a year. Some people think that's fucking crazy. Uh, and that's fine because I mean, people like different shit. Um, and that's what I kind of, I tell a lot of the young kids that are getting into it now. I'm like, dude, just letting you know, you have this circle of like four or five friends. You're fucking 18 years old, 17 years old right now. You're going to be lucky if you have one of these friends still around like five years from now, because they, the, the cycles move fast with a lot of kids, especially the young ones. I mean, Hey, the kids that are around when I was 18, there's, four or five left i mean most of them are my closest friends but they don't care about it anymore now either so you can hold it against those people but i mean in a lot of ways you have a family you don't really want to i don't really want to bring my fucking three-year-old i don't have a three-year-old kid but if i had one i wouldn't want to bring him to a fucking all or show either so i completely understand people that that kind of move on i used to hold it against them but i really don't anymore i think it's kind of people have their different paths and that's okay yeah, I, I just don't get it. I, I remember uh, the, there's this uh, guy that I, I used to be friends with, and we're not friends anymore, uh, not because of what I did. Something it was like a whole like the group imploded type shit, and yeah. it was just a you know a, a thing that happened. But he was an older dude and way more experienced with hardcore. He was the one that was uh, uh, taking us to shows, kind of introducing us to like you know key players out here. 
And, Absolutely. And, and I, I remember one night we were just, you know, just hanging out, playing Marvel versus Capcom two, like probably just had food. <laughs> and he's like, like, just giving us like the real, like insight about hardcore and just totally blowing my mind and kind of like bumming me out. Cause you know, I'm a young kid. All I care about is wanting to see the next touring band. Uh, so yeah. I could sing along. Cause, cause all those fresh for, for me, right. There's, there's like, you know, so many bands that I hadn't even seen at that point. But I, I remember him, uh, you know, kind of going down the line. He's like, you're going to drop out. And, and, you know, like this guy's a poser. And it was, it was the weirdest thing. I don't even know why he was telling us this, but then he gets to me. He was like, <laughs> he's like, you are a weirdo. And I know you're going to be around like forever. And it's like, he was right. Like literally like from that group of friends, nobody even listens to hardcore. It's just yeah. me. I'm the only one. And, and, and it's, some, it's crazy. Some people need hardcore though. That's the thing. That's, I mean, that's in a way, I mean, even if you're, even if you know, you're not going to be around forever. I mean, you gotta, I mean, people say you shouldn't like disrespect hardcore or, or I don't even know what the term is. You shouldn't, uh, take so much from hardcore but dude if you're around take as much as you fucking take as much as you can take in as many shows you can take in singing along and dancing at shows because you never know you might meet a girl or you might meet a guy and they don't want to be around this stuff and you, you kind of have to stop going around or you just i mean fucking suck as much out of hardcore as you possibly can and get the most of it while you can because you don't know where you're going to be in like two years. You don't know if you're going to be, you don't know if you're going to be alive. You don't know if you're going to be able to go to shows. You don't know if you're going to have a kid and you can't, you have more responsibilities now, or you don't know if you're going to have to get a great job, but at the hours are fucking 4 PM to 12 PM every 12 AM every night. So you can't go to a show. You never know what's going to happen. So, I mean, get as much out of it as you can while you can, and especially while you're young as well. I mean, when, if you're young, I'd be fucking, if I was if I was young and had had all the time in the world, I'd be going to all these fucking shows every weekend. I, I mean, I got so many friends out in Philly. So I mean, I'd be out in Philly every fucking weekend if I couldn't. I mean, they have they have three shows every goddamn weekend. So, I mean, I'd be out there all the time if I could. But you, I mean, when you're an adult, you really can't. So especially if you're a fucking kid, fucking go to shows, get get, get out there and fucking support and fucking buy CDs and buy records and do fucking everything do your zines do shows because there probably will come a time where you can't do it as much and you're gonna regret it because dude nothing nothing's better than being young and fucking getting in the car and fucking driving seven hours to see one band i mean i'd fucking kill to be able to do that every weekend again 100 yeah <laughs> i can't be as reckless <laughs> with my life yeah. be uh, reckless when you're young for sure <laughs> be reckless it's fucking awesome it's fucking fun yeah no i i i love those days where i'm like all right they didn't uh, give me the time i requested off i'm calling in sick i, I yeah I, I already have enough money to pay my cell phone bill and to get into the show like you know i didn't have to worry about like uh, real bills uh yeah. or, or you know surviving because when i was younger i i, I like I, I could just rely on my parents i i could still do that today but that's not fair obviously i'm uh you know an, an adult and I, I I don't need to love my parents. I see them every uh, you know every so often, but it's like yeah, when I was younger, way more reckless and like man, I get so tired these days. Like yeah, <laughs> like back sure. then, I could go you know four or five shows a week, mosh to every band. But now it's just like yeah, I'm yeah, I don't have that right, kind of energy. I'm, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. I like 
I like to go to shows now and just kind of, I mean, I'll, I'll get out there every now and then, but I like to kind of just be, uh, I like to go to, go to work when I'm in shows, maybe help out at the door or do whatever I got to do. I mean, I, uh, I mean, I've worked in concerts and stuff like that for 10 years now. So I kind of know how shows should work and like what needs to go on. So, um, when I'm at a show, I like to kind of like be a boss when I'm there and kind of make sure everything's running smoothly. Yeah. These days I just kind of like to go enjoy the bands, uh, and not get too crazy. Right. Cause I, I, you know, don't want to get injured or get hit and get hurt. So I, I just go and just no, <laughs> try to just be, be I chill. You. I feel you. My worst nightmare is, uh, being somewhere and watching a band and like my knee gives out or something like that. And, and someone has to haul my ass up the stairs to get into the fucking ambulance. That's not what I fucking want, but, but I, I still get out there all, all the time, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Th- th- there's some bands. That's where, my worst nightmare. Yeah, no, for sure. No, I, I definitely feel that too. Cause th- there's some bands where I'm like, I'm not moshing. I'm, I'm just going to stand here, but then you hear the music and it's like, oh, like I can't, it, it'd be a crime just to stand still. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Well, and uh, last thing on, on the wrestling talk, just curious, who, yeah. who's your favorite wrestler of all time? Dude, you might not like my response here. So up until a certain point, I would say Chris Benoit is the greatest wrestler that ever lived. Okay. And he was my favorite forever. Wow. Uh, and he, he literally is the greatest wrestler that ever lived and there, there ever will be. Okay. I would say now my favorite wrestler is another answer that people probably won't like is Triple H. He's the fucking greatest. He's one of the greatest heels ever. And uh, yeah, if, I saw that I poster on the, the wall. Camp, I got a Triple yeah. H here. I got I got two of these shelves dedicated to my man Triple H. I I do love Triple H. Um, Hiroshi Tanahashi from from Japan is one of my favorites as well. Uh, there's a Deathmatch wrestler named Jun Kasai from Japan as well. Um, William Regal, Fit Finley. I got. I I could. I could give you a fucking list of a million wrestlers. Dusty Rhodes, Koto Ibushi, Gary Albright. I could keep going, but I I, I won't. Okay. That, don't want to get too dark, but Chris Benoit. Do you think he really did it? Or was he set up? No, he, he he definitely did. He definitely did it. Okay, so you're but, not uh, you're not buying into the conspiracy that he was set up. No, no. Maybe maybe one maybe for the first couple of years, but not even the first. Maybe for like the first couple of days, but uh, no, no, I'm not in the conspiracy with Benoit. I do think that he was very fucked up from his his brain was very fucked up, but that's no excuse for what he did. Hundred percent. Okay. Damn, Chris Benoit. Interesting. Okay, and uh, so I, I've only been to. Uh, and I said last thing on, on wrestling. I lied. Uh, I, I've only been to a, a, a couple events uh, live yeah. in my entire life. Um, I went to Raw for the first time. Shout out to my buddy Johnny. Actually, I, all the wrestling events I've been to have been with my friend Johnny. Uh, he, he he loves wrestling, so he 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 took us to to Raw one time out here um, in Anaheim, which was awesome. Um, I went to a house show in Vegas a couple of years, or actually way longer than that, uh, a couple of years ago. Um, with my buddy Aaron from Las Vegas, and then um, w- more recently, uh, Johnny got us floor seats for um, AEW when they came to California yeah. for the first time, and I was very surprised at like how awesome the production was. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. Um, 
I've been out to AEW's come here a few times. We went out to Cleveland a couple times for it. I mean, the shows are fucking awesome, and it's, it's good shit. Yeah, I, I was very surprised. Um, obviously, uh, Brody King wrestles for AEW. I was just very surprised at the amount of hardcore kids that were there in attendance. I'm like, I feel like I'm at a hardcore show because literally everybody around me was wearing hardcore band shirts. I'm like, this is cool. Yeah, wrestling became like a big thing in hardcore a few years ago. And I mean, I, I do, especially with the AEW and like the smaller organization stuff there. I mean, I do see a crossover on why like, certain people get into it as well. So, I mean, it, it makes sense to me. I mean, wrestling is kind of like a, a freak thing. I mean, it, now it's kind of more mainstream. I mean, it's always mainstream. But, mm-hmm. um, it's always been a thing where like a certain type of person liked it. And I mean, when I was young, I was like, a, people thought I was like a moron for liking wrestling. And now it's kind of kind of normalized. But um, I do see why, why people in hardcore, like punk rock and stuff would would be interested in it for sure. And especially if someone into like new metal or metal would be into it. I mean, I definitely see the crossover for sure. Okay. And Hey, I got, we got a wrestler in pain clinic. So, uh, the, the crossovers there. hundred percent. I was looking at your Instagram and I, I saw that uh, you trained uh, jujitsu. I, I was curious about yeah. how you got into that. Yeah. Actually the guitar player of uh pain clinic, uh, runs a jujitsu. He's a black belt. Um, runs a jiu-jitsu gym here in Pittsburgh called True Believer Jiu-Jitsu. And uh, when he first started the school, I was literally the first student. So I uh, started training with him and then like kind of a big gang of all the hardcore guys here started training there. And I mean, since then, this gym has turned into like a 200 person gym where people go to train. But um, yeah, I trained for a while. I kind of have slowed down on it the past couple of years, but um, I trained for starting in i believe 2014 maybe trained pretty hard for three or four years kind of slowed down once i moved to florida and and certain things but um i trained did a few did a few tournaments did all right did about half half really good half really bad and kind of slowed down on it but um jake our, our guitar player runs the school um our drummer trained a little bit. Our guitar player trains constantly. Our guitar player is a purple belt. Like I said, uh, Jake, our other guitar player is black belt and, um, they compete all the time. They, uh, Jake goes all across the country. He trained in, uh, Brazil. He's trained in, um, South America, trained a bunch of places. I mean, he, he goes to all the, uh, excuse me, the bigger tournaments in the United States, especially, and takes students and competes himself as well. So, um, yeah. And I'm curious, do you watch MMA at all? Fuck yeah, dude. I'm, I'm like I said, I got in at <laughs> UFC like very early, like when it, when the UFC first started. I had the illegal illegal cable box, so I so my dad didn't have to pay for the uh, wrestling pay per views. And around then is when UFC won. UFC one, like the number one, mm-hmm. uh, came out and watched that and kind of like all this other shit. Once I found out about that, I had to find out about everything. So I got into like Shudo, which was like kind of like a shoot fight slash work pro wrestling company from Japan. Then I got into Pride and stayed on UFC. And I mean, UFC just fucking blown up completely since then. But 
I mean, now I don't, I don't want to say that I'm not as into it as I used to be. It's just a lot harder to be into now compared to like the two thousands or even like the early 2010s where dude, I mean, it used to be when I first got into it, it was just like one pay-per-view every four months. Mm-hmm. And then you like had some pride thrown in there as well. Now it's every fucking weekend. So like I said, I'm like a diehard where I have to know everything about everything. So it's hard to watch uh, a show every week, especially with the fucking prelims that are like another four to five hours. You're sitting there on a Saturday for eight hours every fucking weekend. It's just really tough. And it's really tough to uh, because a lot of these guys that pop up like uh, Islam Makashev, for instance, in order to have known about his rise, you had to have watched all those prelims at fucking 4 p.m. on a Saturday afternoon to watch that rise. So, I mean, it's very hard to follow now. I, I honestly don't know why they – I mean, I know why they do so much product because they have a, the deal with ESPN where they have to show so much product every every week and every year and every month. But um, it's tougher to follow now. Um, the pay-per-view this weekend is, is kind of a big one with the surreal gone and um, – John Jones. I'm not really into the Jones comeback at all. I get, I mean, I guess it's cool. Um, but, but again, like you see these cards and like this, this pay-per-view card, I really couldn't tell you the other fights on it right now off the top of my head, but dude, the, the, the cards trying to suck in a way because a lot of times you have the big main event and sometimes you really don't even have a big main event, but your undercard on the actual pay-per-view are a lot of like no name undercard guys. Sometimes, you don't even have like one ranked fighter on those cards. So um, it's hard. It's it's hard to pay attention to now. I was definitely way more diehard in like the 2010s and or the, well, yeah, the 2010s and the, the 2000s where um, it was much easier to follow. But um, I, I did, I follow it pretty, pretty hardcore still. So uh, yeah, I, I definitely, um, <clears throat> excuse me I, I i definitely agree with you uh it, it is definitely a lot harder to follow these days because yeah back in the day it was uh there was this nice build-up and the yeah. ufc pay-per-views actually felt like a big event but when they're having multiple pay-per-views a month um uh, and i i don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing but i i do feel like these cards um it's kind of slowly turning into like um boxing where the, I was just about to say that the the pay per views are just so top heavy. That's all people care about, and then the undercards just filled with no names. But if you think back to those 2010s, there were times where the undercard was way more intense than the actual pay per view because they had these crazy matchups that th- they had to put there because um they weren't doing as many uh, events. So um you, know, you th- knew every fighter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah, like exactly what you said with the boxing. Whenever they they. Honestly, towards the end of the Fox deal, and once they went with ESPN, um, one of my big things was I don't want the UFC and, and MMA, but UFC to turn into boxing. Where, dude, I could be—I'm not the biggest boxing fan in the world, so I'm not going to say I am. I know a little bit about it, especially like especially like the heavyweights now, or like the bigger names. Mm-hmm. I watch all the bigger fights one way or another, but um. Boxing became a thing where um, they had their big fights and they had bigger fights on TV every now and then. And then it became this thing where every show just got thrown on ESPN and it was no name fighters and 
no one watched it and people started caring less and less about boxing and UFC came in and they had all these big names. They had less shows where they could build all these fighters to make them big names. And they, they made them into big personalities and boxing became this thing where there's only at one point there was only Floyd Mayweather and, and the Klitschko brothers. And, and really those, I mean, Floyd was a big name, but the Klitschko's really weren't like a drawing power name. So boxing kind of died, in my opinion, died there um, because UFC was so big and built all these stars and all these personalities. Now, with all these shows, it's almost impossible for them to build these 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 fighters into personalities because there's just so much to watch. And 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 honestly, when you watch these shows, it's like they kind of like rush the fight out there. The fight happens and then it's over and you really don't get much out of it because nothing was really built up. And then once over, it's just fucking over. Um, Honor. I despise Conor McGregor, but he was built amazingly. Mm -hmm. He was put on the ultimate fighter. His fights on TV were built huge. And then he became a pay-per-view star. And you really don't see that at all anymore. Now who's, who's left as a drawing card. You really, you have John Jones back now and he was built very similar but he also had all this crazy stuff happening in his life, which built his personality. So one way or another, you wanted to see him fight, whether, whether you wanted to see him get killed or you knew it was going to be a good fight or um, you wanted to, you wanted to see him win. Some people, some people actually like him for some reason. I don't really know why, but some people actually want to see him win, but who's left. I mean, you had Khabib; he's gone. I like the Kamzat situation, but is he a winner? You really don't know yet. Jorge Masvidal, people wanted to see him, but he's really turned out to be like, I mean, I watched Jorge Masvidal in the 2000s, and I mean, I knew who he was, but he was just like a middle-of-the-road guy. They built up his personality huge, but he really can't back up on the actual fighting as far as as far as far being a top-level fighter. I mean, he's a great fighter. He's awesome to watch. I do want to see every fight he does, but we know he's not. he's just not a top-level guy. Um and I, I mean, right now in UFC, it's just really hard to find that guy that you can build as a personality, and he's actually a top-level guy. I thought Michael Chandler might have been that guy, and he's fucking awesome, but he's not going to be like this guy that wins every fucking fight. Um, who else is there? Charles Oliveira. Very similar. He was this killer for a while, and now that he's lost, I don't think that they can build him up to be a very big personality anymore. He just... He wasn't really a huge personality anyways. I think about fighting in a, in a pro wrestling sense, if you can't tell as well, where personalities do mean a lot to make you want to watch the fights, you know? 100%. I feel like the only real star that they have, but he might not even be a star if he doesn't win his next fight. And I'm talking about um, Israel Adesanya. Because he, he just yeah. lost, but you know, I, I, like what he does outside of um, fighting, um, you know, he has his own YouTube. He has a great personality, uh, and he was a uh, you know st still famous. People um, still like yeah. you know brings in numbers. But I feel like if he loses two times in a row, he's gonna lose that star power. But if he comes back and is able to finally beat this guy that has beat him in kickboxing, beat him in MMA, if he's able to come back in the next fight and get his title back, I, I think he'll he'll be the the biggest star that the ufc has because yeah, yeah if, if you look at yeah. a lot of the champions like nobody really has a, a whole lot of personality yeah and and i think they 
he they did a great job with him and they built him up to be a, a big star. And I do think that that loss was, I mean, he won the fight until until, yeah, until the last I, round. I, yeah, I, I mean, he was going to win, and I, I, I mean, that one was tough for them. But that's fighting, man. Sometimes you just fucking get knocked out on a whim. I mean, that that's what makes it cool. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think they built him up right. Um, the heavyweight situation is is kind of brutal, man. I mean. They've just always had like such cool heavyweight fighters, and same with the light, like the light heavyweight division. While that Glover fight a few months ago was fucking amazing, um, they just need to find. There's there's just no guys that you can like. I'll watch the fight. You'll watch the fight, but can you get like a group of like ten people to come over and watch the fight and have a good time? Not really anymore, in my opinion. Maybe I, maybe I just don't have the right right group of friends to to, to do that, but. Um, I used to be able to fill a living room with 10 people for a UFC pay-per-view. And, and now most of the people either want to stay home and, and possibly like illegally stream it on their phone, like in their bed or not watch it at all. And that's just kind of how it, how it kind of, like, I really think that's because of like the ESPN deal and fucking doing the fights every week. And there's just no names anymore. Like you, 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 there's not enough guys that people want to see because they, can't watch every single week you know it's 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 weird i mean i i get both sides but um it's interesting yeah i still love it though i still do love it yeah, same here. I, I, I'm uh, still a, a diehard MMA fan, but I, I do laugh when you talk about how you used to be able to have a, a bunch of friends come over to watch a pay-per-view. That was the same thing for, for me. me um, I, I watch the pay-per-views with my buddy Nate, and we used to have a group of friends that would get together. We'd all pitch in and buy the pay-per-view, but that doesn't happen anymore. So now we're just relegated to going to this local casino. It's, it's a nice casino, nice venue, and yeah. um, they have this uh, this like room with like a bunch Sports of screens um, yep. and uh, they show the, the, the pay-per-views for free. So we're like, Oh cool. We can just, uh, uh, we'll have dinner downstairs. Uh, we'll, we'll time it so that our dinner will end like right as the main card starting. So we'll, we'll finish up dinner. Then we'll walk upstairs. They're serving nachos and they have a full bar, like whatever <laughs> people want to drink. Um, and then we just get to watch the, the pay-per-view. It, it, it's really nice. I I'm blown yeah. away that there's no cover charge. You just go in and there it is. No, we have, They do that at the casino here as well. I mean, it, it is a beautiful thing. Uh, whenever you're in those situations, but, uh, I'm not a, I'm not a like casino gambler myself, but mm-hmm. I mean, people can go and like, you end up spending all this money and it turns into you're spending just as much as if not more as you would just buying it at home <laughs> sometimes. Like, like if I would go to Buffalo Wild Wings with a bunch of people to watch a UFC pay-per-view, I end up having a fucking $250 bar tab instead of buying pay-per-view for $85. So Am I really making out doing this or not? But I mean, it's fun either way. Yeah, oh, dude, the the temptation to gamble is is, is real, and yeah. and it, it's it's rough because like uh, uh, the last fight, I came. Uh, why am I drawing a blank? When was Mark it? Shevin Vol- Volkanovski. Yeah, uh, um, yeah. For that fight, we, we we go downstairs, and I I tell myself, you know, I don't want to waste any money. Let, let's just you know break even let's not spend any money and i'm standing there um meanwhile my, my buddy uh we, we call him bug eye um he's out here just he's like oh i think this slot machine's good he sits down wins 600 <laughs> bucks he's hopping around he wins like a couple thousand dollars and i'm like man 
that makes me really want to gamble but i'm like no i can't give in because because that's him winning that's him like when i say that i'm gonna lose so let me just save my money it's it's nah, crazy I, I i'm not i'm not a big casino gambler i like I, i'll throw money on on fights and sports but i i'm not a big i'm not a big like slot machine or or table games gambler I, i'm more of a sports gambler but uh but but yeah i mean when you're when you're, when you're at the casino everything's t- tempting there you're tempted to, to put more money on a fight you're tempted to go walk to the the slot machine so i i feel yeah yeah last time i bet on a fight was fuck and you remember when they used to do those international fight weeks where they did four cards yeah. in a row um, I, I remember uh, I, I had a buddy uh, who lived in Vegas. Uh, I, he doesn't live there anymore, but I used to just uh, PayPal him money and he would go uh, throw, throw it down on a parlay for me. And I remember we, we did a, a four fight parlay a, a, a across all the cards and we were down to, to the last fight. And I remember I was like, oh, I was like, if we win, that's cool. But if not, it's, like, it's just a hundred bucks, whatever. And I remember I'm, I'm going down the escalator because I didn't even care at that point. I'm going down the escalator, going to, into Disneyland. And he's like blowing me up. He's like, dude, we hit the parlay. Like we, we got a couple thousand dollars. And I'm like, oh, shit, that's crazy. Like, I didn't even think we were going to win just because, you know, for the most part, it's just to make it more fun and entertaining to watch the fights because you have something riding sure. on it. Um, 100%. But the, the fact that we hit it and I was like, oh, shit, like it, ma- it made that night at Disneyland way more fun knowing that I won that parlay. It's a beautiful fucking feeling, man. A beautiful feeling. And uh, when you sports bet, uh, do you do it online or do you have like a local spot you go to? I just do. You can do it. And I don't know if in California you have just like gambling apps out there yet, but uh, here, here you can just do everything on your phone. I think okay. it's coming everywhere pretty soon, but yeah, yeah no, we, we can yeah. definitely do it out here. Yeah. I, I just wasn't yeah. sure like, how it was out there in Pittsburgh. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's certain States that don't allow it. Like when I was in Florida, you could not use it. You could not, I mean, you couldn't sports bet at all in Florida, but, but mm-hmm. here you can. Okay. And when you sports bet, do you just do like, uh, like parlays or are you doing like prop bets or like, uh, how do you bet? little bit of everything man i'll, I'll do I, i'm a big college basketball fan so there could be a day where i just have a bet on literally fucking 25 games in one single day or there's some days i'll do prop bets on baseball and i i, I do it all and you're not, not following much, not much of recently but but uh but i i i, I tend to do it all whenever i am doing it and are you you're not following these like fake gurus on like Instagram that are telling you, hey, pay like you know to get into our little network and we'll we'll give you the the bets to make. I am following fake gurus, but I'm not paying them this fucking cents. <laughs> 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 I do follow a bunch of gurus uh, on Twitter, but uh, I'm paying them for for their picks, I do not do. That's crazy. So you're just super knowledgeable when it comes to like uh, the college of basketball. So you're just going up based off your knowledge. Oh yeah, pretty much. That's pretty crazy. Much, yeah, I I watch a lot of basketball. Well, when you have the ESPN Plus app to um, to watch the UFC, you also have access to uh, college basketball in small towns where you end up betting on. Fucking small town Duquesne basketball or or University of California Berkeley basketball just because it's on ESPN Plus and you have access to the game. So why not? If you're going to watch it, you might as well throw, even if it's fucking five bucks, you know? And what was the best bet you've ever made? Oh, dude. Probably a UFC parlay where I 
I used to, I used to, whenever the, I used to do, whenever I would bet on the UFC a lot, I would do a parlay on all five of the main card fights. I would do a parlay on every fight on the entire show with the prelims and the main card. I believe the best, best parlay I ever hit was a UFC main card and prelim main card full straight, straight through hit every fight. Um, and made about I'm not a high roller like you fucking making five thousand dollars on a yes. I I probably made like twelve hundred dollars on one parlay once. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Trust me, I've lost way more. that was the only time we yeah. ever won. Like out of all the UFC <laughs> bets we ever made, all the super parlays. I, I remember one time we were in uh I forget which uh, casino we were we were in, but it was Tony Ferguson versus Edson Barbosa. And we had Barbosa last fight on the parlay. He's like, you just have to win Barbosa, and we're good. And he he obviously lost that fight, and we were so bummed. Yeah, when I do the big parlays, I'm only putting like ten or twenty dollars on it. And if I'm putting in big bets, it's more on just like one one particular thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah, maybe one day I'll I'll return to my betting days, but I, I doubt mm-hmm. it. <laughs> You're better off not. I'm I'm currently off the wagon right now, so um, it's 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 better to not be on the wagon. Yeah, because the the worst is when you lose your parlay, and then the fighter obviously like the the fighter that you really wanted to win. If they lose, it, it just makes the night like like way worse. It's like should I? Yeah, like, lost oh, all this money. Oh, and yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, for sure. You don't want to be the kind of guy that's up at uh, 3 a.m. watching like Russian hockey to make sure you hit a parlay. That's that's the kind of guy I do not want to be. Mm-hmm. And I know people that are like that. So that's insane. And, and OK, uh, <laughs> speaking about a uh, time difference, I, I imagine it would be way harder to be an MMA fan in your time zone right because out here they do everything based off our time zone so i'm in bed by like right after the pay-per-view is over i'll throw on uh you know spotify listen to errol hawani talk in his spotify live (laughs) or whatever yeah and i'm just in bed and cozy but i I remember i I watched ufc when i was on the east coast i'm like dude it's like one in the morning this sucks dude sometimes it's over at like two o'clock in the morning yeah i i and those cards where there's like a, a couple title fights and they all go the distance. You, sometimes it's not over till till two a.m., two fifteen a.m. And just like you said, I'm I'm a big like listen to the the breakdown after the show. So sometimes you're up until like four a.m. like watching this shit, and it's it, it's it's rough in, on the East Coast for sure for UFC because everything's based off of Vegas. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I used to, you know, watch the the uh, pay per view, and then I would have to tune into the post press fight conference. Um, yeah, dude, it's, I, I I used to be very diehard. I have to watch this press conference. I'm not like that as much anymore. Yeah, no, like but, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll watch the highlights for like the post uh, post uh, fight press conference, like like later, like during the week, right? I'll like if I'm having lunch or something, I'll just throw it on YouTube. But I, I used to be adamant, like, like I have to watch it. They might say something interesting or whatever, but now it's just like <laughs> there might know. be like a fight that breaks out. Yeah, it's it's it's. I like to uh, watch the watch the pay per view if I'm out to watch it or if I'm at someone's house to watch it get home, get into bed and then throw it on. It's typically about to start right there. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Okay. Well, Ty, this has been awesome. I'm yeah, this I, is fucking awesome. I, yeah. I'm, I'm happy to have had you on the podcast and get to know you more. Uh, it has me way more stoked to see pain clinic at the end of the month at hardcore pride yeah. weekend. It's going to be fucking awesome. I can't fucking wait. Uh, 
there's fucking three shows in Philly that that in those three days. So um, you have the tsunami on the Thursday, gridiron night on Friday, and uh, the Mind Force Day on Saturday. And we play first on the Saturday. So I'm hoping that people aren't too tired to show up on time on the Saturday. So please, please, for the love of God, get there on time. Get there for the fucking uh, flea market and stuff. Everybody's going to be out there selling their shit, but get there on time on that Saturday to see us. We're playing first. Um, I can't fucking wait. It's going to be fucking awesome. All right. Well, I, I appreciate your time, Ty. Thank you again. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and we'll be back soon. Yeah.